Shalom, and welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean, your host. Website is www.scriptureandprophecy.com. That's where you go to find the archives, devotionals, and that's where you go to support this mission and make this podcast possible. Well, this week we need to do two Torah portions because we didn't get it in last week. So we're going to do last week's today and this week's tomorrow, uh, Lord willing. So last week's was called Mishpatim, and that means judgments. So the 18th reading from the Torah is named Mishpatim, which means judgments. And the title comes from the first words, the first verse of the reading, which could be literally translated to say, And these are the judgments which, we, which you will place before them. Exodus chapter 21, verse 1. First three chapters of this Torah portion deliver a legal code of laws and commandments that form the nucleus for the Torah's laws. The last chapter tells the story of how the people of Israel consented to keep these laws and entered into a covenant relationship with God through a series of rituals conducted by Moses. So we're looking at chapters 21 all the way through chapter 24. So kind of a long uh, Torah portion this morning, so not a huge amount of commentary on my part, uh, just for the sake of time. Um, we're just going to read it. And uh, so, yeah, we'll be looking at uh, laws concerning slaves, laws concerning violence, laws concerning property. Um, there'll be some social and religious laws addressed, the sabbatical year, the Sabbath, uh, festivals. Uh, all of that is kind of addressed uh, in these chapters. So that what we'll be doing this morning. So without further delay, let's jump right in, uh, starting with Exodus chapter 21, verse 1, and of course we'll be using the King James Bible. Let's begin. Now these are the judgments which thou shalt set before them. If thou buy a Hebrew servant, six years he shall serve. And in the seventh he shall go out free for nothing. If he came in by himself, he shall go out by himself. If he were married, then his wife shall go out with him. If his master have given him a wife, and she's borne him sons or daughters, the wife and her children shall be her masters, and he shall go out by himself. And if the servant shall plainly say, I love my master, my wife, my children, I will not go out free. Then his master shall give him unto the judges, and he shall also bring him to the door, or unto the doorpost, and his master shall bore his ear through with an awl, and he shall serve him forever. And if a man sell his daughter to be a man's maidservant, she shall not go out as the men's servants do. If she please not her master who hath betrothed her to himself, then shall he let her be redeemed. To sell her unto a strange nation, he shall have no power seeing he hath dealt deceitfully with her. And if he hath betrothed her unto his son, he shall deal with her after the manner of daughters. If he take him another wife for her food and for her raiment and her duty of marriage, shall he not diminish? And if he do not these, thing, these three unto her, then shall she go out free without money. He that smiteth a man so that he die shall be surely put to death. And if a man lie not in wait, but God deliver him unto his hand, then I will appoint thee a place whither he shall flee. 
But if a man come presumptuously upon his neighbor to slay him with, the, with guile, thou shalt take him from mine altar, that he may die. And he that smiteth his father or his mother shall be surely put to death. And he that stealeth a man and selleth him, or if he be found in his hand, he shall surely be put to death. Real quick, you see, in God's design for Israel, there was no prison industrial complex system where millions of people were put in prison as a way to make money um, uh, for punishments. You know, if you murdered someone, you were put to death. It wasn't that you went to jail for life, you were put to death. If you kidnapped someone and sold them, and sold them like we have a big issue going on around the world now with sex slavery and things like that, you were put to death. If you killed your parents, you were put to death. There was no go-to-prison type situation. Um, and I just point that out because here in the United States, we actually have the largest percentage of prisoners um, per capita in the world. Uh, which no one really talks about or wants to bring up. But that is the reality of our situation. And it's, by, it's, it's far beyond uh, any other nation. And used to our laws and stuff were more set based on, you know, the scriptures and how God handled things. So, for whatever that's worth, I just point that out. I don't know why I felt the need to do that. Verse 17, And he that curses his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. And if a man strive together with one, if a man strive together, and one smite another with a stone, or, or hits his fist, and he die not, but keepeth his bed, if he rises again and walk abroad upon his staff, then shall he that smote him be quiet, be quit. Only he shall pay for the loss of his time, and shall cause him to be thoroughly healed. And if a man smite his servant or his maid with a rod, and he die under his hand, he shall be surely punished. Notwithstanding, if he continue a day or two, he shall not be punished, for he is his money. If men strive and hurt a woman with child, so that her fruit depart from her, and yet no mischief follow, he shall surely be punished according as a woman's husband will lay upon him, and shall pay as the judges determined. And if any mischief follow, then thou shalt give life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for a hand, foot for a foot, burning for a burning, wound for wound, stripe for stripe. And if a man smite the eye of his servant or the eye of his maid that it perish, he shall let him go free for his eye's sake. And if he smite out the maid servant's tooth or the maid servant's Manservant's tooth, or the maidservant's tooth, he shall let him go free for the tooth's sake. If an ox gore a man or a woman that they die, then the ox shall be surely stoned, and his flesh shall not be eaten, but the owner of the ox shall be quit. But if the ox were wont to push with his horn times past, and he hath been testified to his owner, and he hath not kept him in, but that he hath killed a man or a woman, the ox shall be stoned, and his owner also shall be put to death. Okay, what, so what's going on here is, look, if an animal, and in this situation he says an ox, kills a person, then the animal's to be put to death, and it's not to be eaten. 
Um, same goes if an owner owns an animal, let's say, in this situation, an ox, and it has a history of attacking people. And it's been made known to the owner. So the owner is very aware that this animal is dangerous towards human beings, but he does nothing about it. And then the animal kills someone. Not only is the animal put to death, but the owner as well. Because he knew better. Moving forward. Verse 30. If there be laid on him a sum of money, then he shall give for the ransom of his life whatsoever is laid upon him. Whether he have gored a son or have gored a daughter, according to his judgment, shall it be done unto him. If the ox shall push a manservant or a maidservant, he shall give unto their master thirty shekels of silver, and the ox shall be stoned. And if a man shall open a pit, or if a man shall dig a pit and not cover it, and an ox or an ass fall in there, fall therein, the owner of the pit shall make it good, and give money unto the owners of them and the dead beast shall be his. And if one man's ox hurts another's that he dies, then they shall sell the live ox and divide the money of it. And the dead ox also they shall divide. Or if it be known that the ox hath used to push him past time, and his owner hath not kept him in, he shall surely pay ox for ox, and the dead shall be his own. Chapter 22 if a man shall steal an ox or a sheep and kill it or sell it, he shall restore five oxen for an ox or four sheep for a sheep. If a thief be found breaking up and be smitten that he die, there shall no blood be shed for him. If the sun be risen upon him, there shall be blood shed for him. For he should make full restitution. If he hath nothing, then he shall be sold for his theft. If the theft be certainly found in his hand alive, whether it be ox or ass or sheep, he shall restore double. And real fast, uh, that verse there, verse 2, If a thief be found breaking up, or breaking in, I believe it could say, and be smitten that he die, there shall no blood be shed for him. And the way I interpret that, and I could be wrong, and maybe it needs to be studied more, but it seems to me what that is saying is if, if a thief is breaking in, and as a result, he is killed. Uh, there's no bloodshed. There's no punishment for that. Um, because he was breaking in. And I, I don't have time to try to find the verse right now, but I believe there's also a verse in Le Leviticus that says the exact same thing, but even more plainly. Uh, but anyway, that might be worth uh, looking into. Alright, verse 5. If a man shall cause a field or a vineyard to be eaten... And shall put in his beast, and shall feed in another man's field. Of the, of the beast of his own field, and of the beast of his own vineyard, shall he make restitution. If fire break out and catch in thorns, so that stacks of corn, or standing corn, or field be consumed therewith, he that kindled the fire shall surely make restitution. If a man shall deliver unto his neighbor money or stuff to keep, and it be stolen out of the man's house, if the thief be found, let him pay double. If the thief be not found, then the master of the house shall be brought unto judges to see whether he have put his hands into his neighbor's goods. For if all manner of trespasses, whether it be for ox, for ass, for sheep, for raiment, or for any manner of lost thing which another challenges to be his, 
The cause of both parties shall come before judges, and whom the judges shall condemn, he shall pay double unto his neighbor. If a man deliver unto his neighbor an ass, or an ox, or sheep, or any beast, to keep, and it die, or be hurt, or driven away, no man seeing it, then shall an oath of the Lord be between them both, that he hath not put his hands into his neighbor's goods. And if the owner of it shall accept thereof, he shall make it good. And if it be stolen from him, he shall make restitution unto the owner thereof. If it be torn in pieces, then let him bring it for a witness, and he shall not make good that which was torn. If a man borrow aught of his neighbor, and he be hurt, or die, the owner thereof being not with it, he shall surely make it good. But if the owner thereof be with it, he shall not make it good. If it be an hired thing, it came for his hire. And if a man entice a maid that is not betrothed, and lie with her, he shall surely endow her to be his wife. If her father utterly refuses to give her unto him, he shall pay money according to a dowry of virgins. So what that's saying there is if you seduce a woman and get her to lie with you, uh, you're responsible to marry her, right? Because that's part of the covenant between a man and a woman. That's what that's saying. Um, and then if the father refuses to give her over to you in marriage, uh, you now owe that father money, according to what this says. It says, if, the fa if her father utterly refuses to give her unto him, he shall pay money according to the dowry of virgins. Verse 18. Thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. Whosoever lieth with a beast shall surely be put to death. He that sacrificeth unto any god, save unto the Lord only, he shall be utterly destroyed. Thou shalt neither vex a stranger nor oppress him, for ye were strangers in the land of Egypt. What's the saying is, do not oppress a foreigner in your land. Like, do not vex them or cause them trouble. Like, do not oppress them. He's saying, because remember, at one point, you were, you were strangers in Egypt. And look at how they treated you. Verse 22. You shall not afflict any widow or fatherless child. If thou afflict them in any wise, and they cry at all unto me, I will surely hear their cry. And my wrath shall wax hot, and I will kill you with the sword, and your wives shall be widows, and your children fatherless. I, I think that's interesting too. He, God's heart towards the fatherless and towards the widow. I mean, he, he says, Do not afflict any widow or fatherless child. If you afflict them in any way, and they cry out to me, I will surely hear their cry. And my wrath shall wax hot, and I will kill you with the sword, and your wives shall be widows, and your children fatherless. Powerful. Verse 25. If thou lend money to any of my people that is poor by, thy, by thee, thou shalt not be to him a usurer, neither shalt thou lay upon him usury. In other words, if a child of God borrows money from you, you are not to charge them interest. You cannot say, yeah, I'll lend you 20 bucks, but you owe me 40 in two months. It's not the way it works. You're to be generous and merciful. 
especially to somebody who's poor and in need. Remember, Jesus said, what you have done to the least of these, you've done unto me. And that's in the conversation where he's doing the separation of the sheep and the goats. Moving forward, verse 26. If thou at all take thy neighbor's raiment to pledge, thou shalt deliver it unto him. By that the sun goes down, for that is his covering only. It is his raiment for his skin, wherein shall he sleep? And it shall come to pass, when he crieth unto me, that I will hear, for I am gracious. Thou shalt not revile the gods, nor curse the rulers of thy people. Thou shalt not delay to offer the first of thy ripe fruits, and of thy liquors, the firstborn of thy sons, shalt thou give unto me. Likewise shalt thou do with thine oxen, and with thy sheep. Seven days it shall be with his dam, and on the eighth day thou shalt give it to me. And ye shall be holy men unto me, neither shall ye eat any flesh that is torn of a beast in a field. Ye shall cast it to the dogs. Chapter 23 Thou shalt not raise a false report. Put not thy hand with the wicked to be an unrighteous witness. Thou shalt not follow a multitude to do evil, neither shalt thou speak in a cause to decline after many to wrest judgment. Neither shalt thou countenance a poor man in his cause. If thou meet thy enemy's ox or his ass going astray, thou shalt surely bring it back to him again. You see this concept of love your enemies? Pray for them who persecute you. Uh, that is not a new concept. Right here, he's saying if you have an enemy and you see his ox or his ass going astray, bring it back to him. Do the right thing. Verse 5. If thou see an ass of him that hateth thee, lying under his burden, and wouldest forbear to help him, thou shalt surely help him, help with him. Thou shalt not rest the judgment of thy poor in his cause. Keep thee far from a false matter, and in the innocence of righteous slay thou not. For I will not justify the wicked, and thou shalt not take no gift, for the gift blindeth the wise, and perverseth the words of righteousness, of righteous. Uh, there's something that uh, our current, or I should just say our government, could take a lesson from. There should not be able to be receiving gifts, because gifts, look what it says here. Thou shalt not take no gift, for the gift blindeth the wise. Right? and perverteth the words of righteous. Verse 9, Also thou shalt not oppress a stranger, for ye know the heart of a stranger, seeing ye were strangers in the land of Egypt. That's the second time he's made that point in, uh, these, in this portion so far. Verse 10, In six years thou shalt sow thy land, and shalt gather in the fruits thereof. But the seventh year thou shalt let it rest, and lie still, that the poor of the people may eat. And what they leave, the beasts of the field shall eat. In like manner thou shalt deal with thy vineyard, and with thy olive yard. Verse 12. Six days thou shalt do thy work, and on the seventh day thou shalt rest that thy ox and thy ass may rest, and the son of thy handmaid, and the stranger may be refreshed. And in all things that I have said unto you, be circumspect, and make no mention of the name of another god, neither let it be heard out of your mouth. Three times thou shalt keep a feast unto me in the year. Thou shalt keep the feast of unleavened bread, 
Thou shalt eat unleavened bread seven days as I commanded thee in the time appointed of the month, Abib, for it in it for in it thou comest from Egypt, and none shall appear before me empty. And the feast of the harvest, the first fruits of thy labors which thou hast sown in the field, and the feast of ingathering which is in the end of the year, when thou hast gathered in thy labors out of the field three times in the year, all thy males shall appear before the Lord God. Thou shalt not offer the blood of my sacrifice with leavened bread, neither shall the fat of my sacrifice remain until the morning. The first of the first fruits of thy land thou shalt bring into the house of the Lord thy God. Thou shalt not seethe a kid in its mother's milk. By the way, that's the verse where you'll have some Jews who believe you're not allowed to have like a cheeseburger, like you can't have cheese on top of meat. Uh, but I don't think that's what it's saying here. I personally think it's simply saying don't boil a don't boil a kid in its mother's milk. Here's the thing, you know, God gives permission for us to eat animals, but he's very particular about how the animal is treated. Um, he still cares about the the creation and you know, there's bloodshed when when you when you eat an animal and it needs to be dealt with properly. You know, don't be so cruel and so sick as to as to boil a kid in its mother's milk like have some sense about you have some compassion about you understand that something is dying to, f to feed you like I th that's the way I view it and other people may have some different opinions on that but I think that the scriptures are very clear that yes you can eat animals but the way you treat them in that process is important to God moving forward verse 20 behold I send an angel before thee to keep thee in the way and to bring thee into a place which I have prepared. Beware of him, and obey his voice. Provoke him not, for he will not pardon your transgressions, for my name is in him. But if thou shalt indeed obey his voice, and do all that I speak, then I will be an enemy unto thy enemies, and an adversary unto thy adversaries. For my angel shall go before thee to bring thee unto, unto the Amorites, and the Hittites, and the Perserites, the Perserites, and the Canaanites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites, and I will cut them off. Thou shalt not bow down to their gods, nor serve them, nor do after their works, but thou shalt utterly overthrow them, and quite, and quite break down their images. And you shall serve the Lord your God, and he shall bless thy bread and thy water, and I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. There shall nothing cast their young, nor be barren in the land. The number of thy days will I fulfill. I will send my fear before thee, and will destroy all the people to whom thou shalt come, and I will make all thy enemies turn their backs unto thee. And I will send hornets before thee, which shall drive out the Hivite, the Canite, the Hittite from before thee. I will not drive them out from before thee in one year, lest the land become desolate, and the beasts of the field multiply against thee. By little and little I will drive them out from before thee, until thou be increased and inherit the land. And I will set thy bounds from the Red Sea, even unto the sea of the Philistines, and from the desert unto the river. For I will deliver the inhabitants of the land into your hand, and I shall drive them out before thee. Thou shalt make no covenant with them, nor their gods. They shall not dwell in thy land, lest they make thee sin against me. For if thou serve their gods, it will surely be a snare unto thee. Chapter 24 
And he said unto Moses, Come up unto the Lord, thou and Aaron, Nadab, Abihu, and seventy of the elders of Israel, and worship ye afar off. And Moses alone shall come near the Lord, but they shall not come nigh, neither shall the people go up with thee. And Moses came and told the people all the words of the Lord, and all the judgments. And the people answered with one voice and said, All the words which the Lord has said, we will do. And Moses wrote all the words of the Lord, and rose up early in the morning, and builded an altar under the hill, and twelve pillars according to the twelve tribes of Israel. And he sent young men of the children of Israel, which offered burnt offerings and sacrificed peace offerings of oxen unto the Lord. And Moses took half the blood and put it in a basin, and half the blood and sprinkled on the altar. And he took the book of the covenant, and read in the audience of the people, and they said, All that the Lord has said we will do, and be obedient. And Moses took the blood and sprinkled it on the people, and said, Behold, the blood of the covenant which the Lord hath made with you concerning all these words. Then went up Moses and Aaron, Nadab, Abihu, and seventy of the elders of Israel. And they saw their God, they saw the God of Israel, and there was under his feet as if it were a paved work of sapphire stone, and as it were the body of heaven in his clearness. And upon the nobles of the children of Israel he laid not his hand, also they saw God and did eat and drink. And the Lord said unto Moses, Come up to me into the mount, and be there, and I will give thee tables of stone, and a law, and commandments which I have written, and thou mayest teach them. And Moses rose up, and he ministered to Joshua, and Moses went up into the mount of God. And he said unto the eldest, Tarry ye here for us, until we come again unto you. And behold, Aaron and Hur are with you. If any man have the matters to do, let him come unto them. And Moses went up into the mount, and a cloud covered the mount. And the glory of the Lord abode about upon Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it six days. And the seventh day he called unto Moses out of the midst of the cloud. And in the sight of the glory of the Lord was like devouring fire on the top of the mount in the eyes of the children of Israel. And Moses went into the midst of the cloud and got him up into the mount. And Moses was in the mount forty days and forty nights. All right. That is the end of this portion. And, you know, uh, we have on one side, uh, you know, the, the children of Israel have, it says it twice here that they answered and they said, all that the Lord has said we will do, right? Twice they said that. And now Moses is going up on the mount. I do think this these first few verses are kind of interesting. Let me just read them again. I don't have any commentary for them other than to say, wow, this is... So it says, Then went up Moses and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and seventy of the elders of Israel. And it says, They saw the God of Israel, and it was under his feet as if it were a paved work of sapphire stone, and as it were the body of heaven in his clearness. And upon the nobles of the children of Israel, he laid not his hand. Also they saw God and did eat and drink. And the Lord said unto Moses, Come up unto me on the mount, and be there, and I will give thee tables of stones, and they law commandments which I have written, but thou mayest teach them. So here it says here that the elders even saw God, at least in some manner. 
So they saw God of Israel, and there was under his feet as if it were a paved work of sapphire stone. Interesting, huh? I should have probably did some research on that before doing the podcast. I kind of missed that when I pre-read all of this, but I'll let you think about it and let you do some research. You know, the point of the Torah portion was not for somebody to explain and commentate each thing. The point of the Torah portion was for it to be read and for the people to hear it and to be blessed. And so I pray that's what's happened this morning. All right, I need to wrap it up. That's all I got for you this morning. Lord willing, I'll be back with you tomorrow to do the do this week's Torah portion. By the way, if you're being blessed by this work, please remember that it's 100% listener supported. You can support it by going to scriptureandprophecy.com, clicking on the support tab. It's much appreciated. That's all I have for you this morning. Until tomorrow, peace and grace be with all of you. And God bless.